Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, good morning once again. Glad that you're here. Go ahead and find your seats if you can. Glad that you're with us online. We begin a brand new theme. Brand new theme for April begins today. And I just call it simply, Good God. God is so good. And sometimes we just forget the simplicity of knowing that in our hearts, like really experiencing that. He is good. When you hear horrible things happening in the world, Things like the attack in Nashville last week against children in a Christian school. You just have to call on, good God, what is happening in this world? We need you, God, to show your goodness. We need your mercy. We need you to minister to those families and those people. We need God to move in great ways. So we begin that theme today. Before we do that, I was kind of reminded, uh, Pastor Tristan was talking a little bit earlier about uh, inviting people, bringing people with you to, to church next week. We're not doing, we're, we're doing a special musical event in here. We're not doing a big kids event like we used to do outside. And so we, it's really depending on who you meet this week, who you bring, what you do. And I was reminded last night, we're, we, we have a pastor's meeting every Saturday night, nine o'clock on the phone. And we were praying together about certain situations and just praying that He'll be drawn here, and that they, they would have a good experience when they come. And I thought for some reason about a story I've very rarely shared, but years ago when we were in Pastor Benny Hinn's church in Orlando, um, right when I was entering ministry, we got my wife's grandfather, uh, we called him Grandpa Tom, who was not born again. He was old school in New Jersey, and he was not, um, he was Italian, old school New Jersey. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying he was in the Sopranos or anything, but I'm just saying he was, <clears throat> he was just kind of old mindset. He came to church with us one Sunday. We'd prayed for him for years. And he came one Sunday. And uh, those of you not familiar, to go to that, to go to Orlando Christian Center back in the, in the 80s was an experience. And you had to go wait in line for sometimes an hour to get in and get a decent seat. And so people would actually like scrap a little bit over seats and over saving seats. And well, my Bible was there and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so this one morning, we bring Grandpa Tom. He comes for the first time and he sits right behind these two church ladies <clears throat> who are scrapping over seats. And they were fussing with each other before the service. And then the worship started. They turned the smiles on. And during worship, Chris, would you come up here for a second? Chris Farley, just come up here real quick. So, so basically, so they were standing there and we're, we're worshiping and praising God. So they're basically praising God and they're, and they're starting like, like, like this and like this and, and they're doing this and, and Grandpa Tom, thank you, Chris, I appreciate that. I mean, I mean to knock you out there, but anyway. <clears throat> but I want to give an example because this is what they were doing. And Grandpa Tom Instead of getting saved, he was so turned off by these ladies who were Christians and distracted by their behavior 
Now, I was a young pastor, and I talked to the other pastors about, they said, you need to talk to these ladies. You need to call, you need to call them in and talk to them. It's like, really? And I called them in, and I just said, you know, what happened if the person you've been praying for for 10 years comes in and somebody did that in front of them? That's ridiculous. That's no, there's no excuse for coming in and putting on a, a worship. I'm praising God. And then you go out and, you know, get mad at the parking lot crew for doing what they do to keep order in the parking lot. You know, this is time. Next week when you come, I guess what's in my spirit is make sure you come and be the one that's aware that somebody's been praying for somebody that's brand new for years. And this may be the only Sunday they ever come to church. Let it be a day where you welcome everybody you don't know next week. Where you got to wait. Well, I'm not a greeter. Well, you can greet. Can you smile? Please. What, the point is, the atmosphere of what we do as believers is more than what we do for God in worship. It's how we lift him up with our lives, okay? So make sure that you're not, you know, doing roller derby during worship and just trying to bump somebody off. Obviously here we're not fighting over seats, but we need to know that there's an attitude with which we revere the Lord and we honor him, amen? Act like the people that you don't know next week are the ones you invited and be that person that you wish everybody else was, okay? Give God praise today. Come on, that's, that's just a little bonus a little bonus message today because I just had that in my spirit. It's so important. By the way, Pastor Chris and Bonnie aren't here today because they're in Denver, Colorado. They were on Friday, their son, Tim, graduated from the police academy out there. So they'll be back on Tuesday. But anyway, uh, we're excited for Tim, Officer Tim. And uh, I think he graduated from police academy six. But anyway, that's another, anyway, that's another story. Anyway. Open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 145, 145th Psalm is a Psalm of David. And he says this in verse one, I will extol you. I will, I will, uh, uh, I will rant and rave over how good you are, basically. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. <clears throat> Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I love this, verse four. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor. So I'm gonna think about this. This is what I'm gonna chew on in my spirit, in my mind, in my heart. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. I love that. And then in Jesus, we see this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all. Everybody say doing good and healing all. He went about doing good. The word there, good, means bestowing benefits everywhere he went. Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, the expressed image of God, 
showed forth his goodness everywhere that he went. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? Let your word dwell in us richly and move through us. Change us, O oh God, into your image and cause us to move in your goodness, to elevate that goodness everywhere we go, to show your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Many church services back in the day, in the 90s, began with the declaration, God is good, and everybody else would yell all the time, and then you'd yell all the time, and everybody would go, God is good. The problem is, why we don't do that a lot here is because it became a cliche. And a cliche means that you lose the meaning of it because you say it so much. It just became a nice little nicety, a little pleasantry. But the truth is that God is always good. He's good all the time, no matter what, no matter the circumstance, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what's happening inside of you, his goodness is trying to break through into your life. Last week, we talked about the one, one of the most tragic verses in the whole Bible after Joshua died and the generation that followed him. The Bible says, another generation arose who did not know the Lord nor the works which he had done for Israel. And I want to say this to you today, focusing on God's goodness in your daily life is so important. You can point your life in the direction of the goodness of God. You can set your sail and trim your sail ready for the wind of the goodness of God to come and fill that spot. But you have to do it on purpose. Praise shouldn't be limited to church services or Bible studies alone. You gotta glorify God in your thoughts. I was thinking during the song, when we go you know, slide to the left and, and jump to the right or whatever it is. You know, I was looking at some of y'all and I know I, I've been at events with you where whether it's a wedding or a funeral, you want to get up and do the electric slide after church or after the meeting, after the funeral, whatever it is. And you just go, you dance and you go crazy. And then you come to church and you stand there like you're, you know, like you're baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> and it's not right. One of the reasons why we do songs like that is simply to get you to move. When we first started in 1990, the type of praise and worship that we have we were kind of new you know, to, to, to bring praise and worship to Cal. We weren't the first church that brought praise and worship to Cal, obviously. But we were, we were on the cutting edge of something, especially as Pastor Lindsay arrived in 1993. That reminds me, next month is Pastor Lindsay's 30th anniversary as our worship pastor. 30 years. I told my wife when he first arrived, I said, this guy is so talented. If he stays five years, we'll be blessed. And he stayed six times that so far and still going strong. Now that he's the senior associate and just ready for me to step away. That's, you know, so I go, he, he gets the opportunity because he's so good. I'm just not, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, he can preach rings around me now. And it's just so good to be able to have somebody like that in my life. It, it, you know, I don't know if, I, if I'm Batman and he's Robin or he's Batman and I'm Robin now. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just good to, when you team up with people like that, it's very, very powerful. But I was thinking about it. You know, we've got to get to the place where when, when we first started, we, we came in and we did songs. You know, we, we used tracks and tapes and, uh, you know, CDs and everything else in the day because we didn't have a team. And we simply tried to get people to clap their hands at church. It was like everybody was 
either Baptist or Catholic, and they didn't, they didn't do that in either place. So clap your hands. What do you mean clap your hands? Well, yeah, the psalm says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And people just kind of stood there. And I'd, I'd rather almost have the church ladies doing roller derby than stand there do nothing. Not really. But I remember, you know, that was, you know, we wore suits and ties. And I remember one time I went and went, went like that and I had like loafers on and I kicked my shoe off and hit the ceiling. And I, and I just said, sometimes you guys could go to go crazy and dance before the Lord. And I took my tie off and put it around my head and they started calling me Pastor Rainbow. Because we just started, and we just started, I got, up on the, I got up on the chairs. People, just express yourself in love to God and do something that you're not comfortable with. Let us offer up to him a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice means it costs you something. And I want to encourage you when we do songs like that, it's simply to get you to, we're not trying to get you to be the temptations, you know? You know, we're not, we're not trying to get you to do something. I don't even know how I did that anyway. I'm just saying to you that, you know, we, 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 we all, you know, think, we, we see the things and we, it's not about that. It's simply trying to get you to get out of your comfort zone and express how good God is to you. He's good. If he's good, then he's worth doing something crazy for. Amen. Not drawing attention to yourself, but draw attention to him. Praise isn't limited to Bible studies alone. You've got to glorify God in your thoughts, in your heart, in your mind. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 and 7 says this from the message. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your heart. Somebody say your heart. Get them inside of you, it says, verse 6. Then verse seven, and then get them inside your children. Talk about them. What? The things that God is doing, the things that he's saying, the things that he's done in your life that helped you get through that you're embarrassed about. Tell your kids. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Talk about the greatness of God. Talk about the stuff, the, the, the times when you felt like you weren't going to make it through and God brought you through. Just talk about those times because the problem is the moment you, you get embarrassed or you, you, or you just forget, you leave them aside, we forget the goodness of God and now we go through something else and we should be reminding ourselves, wait a minute, what did he do last time when I, thought, when I felt this way, when I thought it was impossible, when I thought I'd never make it through? When I thought I'd never sleep at night again. When I thought, you know, when everything was so scary and so dark, if he did it before, he's going to do it again. And you've got to remind yourself how faithful and how good he is. There's a famous old quote that says, America is great because America is good. If America ever stops being good, she'll cease to be great. That's a scary verse. But, you know, the Bible says it this way. Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. I love the way the message says it. God devotion makes a country strong and God avoidance leaves people weak. Why is our country so weak right now? Because we've avoided God. We tried to push him away and out of every area of public life in the name of the wrong things. And any measurable goodness in humanity only emanates from the goodness of God himself. It comes from God. All things, all good gifts come from God. 
All good gifts come from above. Jesus said there's none good but God himself. So we need his goodness. Listen, when we fail to declare the goodness of God and his miracles, we deny the next generation the power to fully encounter God. You know, in in the churches that don't believe he still does miracles or that the gifts of the spirit are in full operation and manifestation today, how do you really effectively pass on the torch of how awesome God is if you take out the miracles? If you try to explain them away in your head, well, the Red Sea, you know, it was actually a, the, it, was a phenom- it was a phenomenal wind that blew and, and we believe that the H2O stood up to the, 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 no. God breathed and pushed it back and he can do it again. If, if he can part the Red Sea for them, for three million, he can part the Red Sea for you in the situations you're facing right now. He can move that stuff out of the way and carry you through and then your enemy that follows you through gets drowned and swallowed up. And I see the Ten Commandments was on TV last night and my wife was watching the scene where the Egyptians are washing up in the, in the, in the Red Sea at the end. You know, it's, it's still powerful. It's still an, a, a miracle thing. And as much as we think, well, you know, people don't watch that stuff anymore. Hey, one person, one, one, one person could have watched that thing on network television last night, never having seen it and have an encounter with the reality of the curiosity about God. That's what we need to pray. That's what we need to hope for. God wants to do something great because God is great. People yell about relevance. You know, well, you know, God, is God relevant today? What could be more relevant to someone who's depressed than experiencing the God of wholeness and real deliverance from demonic power? What can be more relevant to somebody who's, that, that God uh, deeply and personally cares about them? that he is able to set us free, that he wants to, that he will, that he still does. Paul the apostle wrote that he had not shunned declaring the whole counsel of God. He, was a, he declared the full gospel. He declared the, the total thing. He said, I've never, I've never shied away from giving you the fullness of the truth because it's so crucial that you get the fullness of it. And yet we, want, we still want to pick and choose scriptures that we like and that we don't like, that we're comfortable with, that we're not comfortable with, and say, well, I just want this part and this part and this part. If you hadn't noticed, Morrison's Cafeteria and Piccadilly have gone out of business. There's no more cafeterias hardly left. They're all gone. But people want that at church, cafeteria style. Well, tell me the good stuff that I want to hear, but I don't want to hear the other stuff because I'm not comfortable with that. Well, you better get comfortable because we need God more than ever in fullness, in manifested presence and power. We need everything he is and everything he has for us. And we can't be ashamed of that, right? Or Roberts was mocked in his day by the religious leaders just a generation ago because he dared to constantly declare two things. Number one, God is a good God. If I heard Or Roberts say it once, I heard him say it a thousand times. God is a good God. And they attacked Or Roberts for saying that. And yet it's, the word of God is filled, full of it filled with all these thoughts of the goodness of God. The second thing he always said, he always finished with the broadcast. They even had a song about it. Something good is going to happen to you this very day. Today, something good is going to happen to you. They tried to crucify Oral Roberts 
for that message because it shows the goodness of God and declares us something good is possible. In fact, Oral Roberts, I heard him say it one time when I heard him live and in person, he said, miracles are constantly moving and they're coming right at you and sometimes passing you by and you never reach out with your faith and grab a hold of any of them. Man, what a great message. What a great thought. What a great understanding. We need God. We need his goodness. Why was this such an earth-shattering revelation? Because religious demons want people to focus on the judgment of God more than his mercy. And if you're going to focus on judgment, you better be careful. We'll talk about it next week. Moses discovered it on Mount Sinai that the goodness and mercy of God are so real. Exodus 34, 6, it says, and the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed. This is what God says about himself. God passes by and says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. That's how God declared himself as he passed by Moses. Moses said, I want to know your glory. I want to experience you. God passes by and says, let me tell you my attributes. Let me tell you who I am, what I am, and what I'm known for. When David acknowledged the Lord is my shepherd in the 23rd Psalm, he finished with, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We sang about it a few minutes ago. Surely, absolutely true, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I was a kid, I thought he was talking about a woman named Shirley. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I thought he was talking about something that I didn't understand. I didn't get that. But surely, certainly, truly, absolutely, <clears throat> this is guaranteed. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Focus on God's goodness and faith comes alive. Focus on his goodness and faith comes alive. Your perspective becomes brighter, clearer, and sharper. The God colors of the world look brighter. I used the analogy a few, weeks, uh, a few years ago about the hummingbird and the vulture. Remember that? The hummingbird spends all of his days, all of his waking hour, his whole mission in life is to look for the sweet nectar in the flowers and to pollinate and to, and to bring those things and to, and to cultivate those beautiful uh, fragrances and all the sweetness of these nectars of life. The vulture, on the other hand, spends his entire life looking for things that are dead or dying. And they both find exactly what they're looking for. What are you looking for in life? Are you cultivating a, a heart that looks for the goodness of God in the land of the living, that looks for the goodness of God in all the negative things that are happening? They both get what they look for, and so will you. The psalmist says, Psalm 37, verse three, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land, Listen to this, feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his goodness. Feed your spirit on how good he is. Dwell on it, think about it. I, I get so concerned, you know, and I, I'm sure I was headed down the same road, but my parents right now are in their 80s. And all I get in the first five minutes of every phone conversation is, 
what's on the news. And I just, you know, at, during COVID and all the election stuff, I, I hardly ever watch the news. I, 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 I forward through the local news, uh, see what's going on in Ocala, and I look at the weather and, and sports because there, there's crazy stuff. And I still find out what's really happening. I still, the, the, the important things still get through without me dwelling on it. I remember 20 years ago, uh, you know, I was watching the news like my parents do. And what, how toxic it is. If you just, if you're just watching, I don't care if it's Fox News or CNN or Newsmax, if you're, if you're dwelling on these channels, whatever their political bent, their job is to freak you out, stir you up and get you to keep watching. That's their job. So they come up with all these salacious details of different things trying to get you, not, they're not trying to come give you the good news, the gospel. They're coming on to give you bad news because it sells more commercials, sells more newspapers, or at least it used to. By the way, there used to be a thing called a newspaper. It delivered it to your house. It was amazing. It was... Focus on God. I love Psalm 119, verse 68. The psalmist writes, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Teach me the word. Teach me the word. That's why we got to let the word dwell inside of us. Because God's goodness always provides hope. There's so much discouragement in the world. So much tragedy. Some people will even point to that as a reason why they don't trust God anymore. Because if God was good, then why would all this bad thing, why did all these bad things happen? I'll tell you what, God didn't make a mess of it. The Bible says he gave the, the management of earth to humans. That's the problem. The heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given to the children of men, the Bible says. He's, he's given earth management to us. You take dominion. If we don't take dominion, then we get a mess. If we get a mess, it's not God's fault. He put it in motion. He's still involved where we pray, where we invoke him, where we invite him, where we lift him up and extol him, where we elevate his name, but he's not controlling everything going on in the world. He's not controlling the bad stuff. He's not the cause of it. There is an enemy. There is a real devil. But God is good. And God will turn things for I love Psalm Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I I would have lost hope. I would have lost heart. I would have gotten discouraged. I would have thought, let me, you know, let me just get out of here. Let me just uh, uh, come quickly, Lord Jesus, because this world is such a mess. And it is, and we need him. But let me tell you something. We're not here trying to escape from this. We're trying to pull on his goodness, to let his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We're not here to just wait till we go, till we die and go to heaven. We're here to bring heaven to earth, step by step, prayer by prayer, moment by moment, service by service, to invite heaven into this room, invite heaven into your heart, invite heaven into your home. If it wasn't possible, why did Jesus say to pray it that way? God is so good. 
If you'll invite him to every aspect of your life, he's so good that everything he touches turns for good. He is, he is goodness personified. And I love Romans 8, 28. Obviously a great promise for, hopefully you have this memorized. If you're newer uh, to the things of God, please memorize this one, one of the first ones you memorize. Romans 8, 28. <clears throat> and we know, not wish, not hope, not click our heels together and wish to be back in Kansas, Toto. We know, we're convinced, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. What's your prerequisite here? The if then in this equation, if you love God, and you recognize that you're called according to his purpose, not your purpose. Everything is working together for your good. Doesn't, the Bible doesn't say it is good. Doesn't say it feels good. Doesn't say it looks good. It said he's working it for good. He's shaping it for good. <clears throat> After I'd finished writing this message, in one of my devotionals, I read something tremendous. Um, listen to this. The phrase work together here in Romans 8.28 is from the Greek word synergeo, from which we get the English word synergy and synergism. What is synergy or synergism? It's the working together of two or more things to produce an effect greater than the sum of their individual effects. You know, the Bible says one shall chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. If somebody can, you know, move um, a hundred pound object by themselves, if you get two people together, they can't just lift 200 pounds, they can lift three or 400 pounds. Why? Because synergy is this principle of God. It's in the word. When the Bible says all things work together for good, all things synergize, working together. Our little part and God's big part. Our little goodness, our righteousness because of Jesus, but his big goodness. Listen to this, powerful. In choosing this word, God is promising he will take all of the bad, all of the pain, and every attempt of the enemy to destroy our faith. All things work together. And then he put himself in the mix, infusing the evils with his miraculous power. God says, I will synergize with them. With all the junk going on in your world and in your life, I will synergize with them, he says, and the good in me will overpower the bad in them. Isn't that amazing? Disappointment plus pain plus loss is used for something good when God's river of healing enters, this writing said. Believing in this truth is part of restoring hope. Think about it. My wife, I'm a little biased, but she makes the best biscuits. She, she found a recipe, started working on finding the best biscuit recipe probably five years ago. Uh, excuse me, I would say 15 pounds ago. Anyway, and she, 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 she does, she only makes them once in a while, but she found this recipe, she kind of perfected it, and when she makes it, I just kind of get amazed. Because it's not that, there's not that much in it. It's flour, it's water, it's 
Baking powder is her secret ingredients that I'm sworn, sworn to uphold. But think about it. How does flour taste by itself? Pretty disgusting. Ever, ever tried baking powder? Not, not great. Even mix those things with just water. Not good. Butter comes along. Butter, yeah, hallelujah, Fred. Thank you. I feel you, Fred. Butter comes in to those things and synergy happens. And my wife's biscuits, oh my gosh. Whether turkey sausage gravy, meeting adjourned. Anyway, I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. <clears throat> um, just think about that. Declaring God's goodness, so powerful. We can be confident because he is good that he's working out in that synergy every single detail of our lives and experiences and pointing it toward goodness. It's going that direction. Even if you don't see it, even if I don't see it, it's going that direction. It's working. God's working. God's working. Invite him into it. It's working. He's working. And it's going to be the best for you. It's going to be better for you than you thought it was going to be or you thought it could possibly be. God's doing it. Declaring his goodness will even point the lost toward relationship with him through Jesus. Romans 2, 4 says this. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing or recognizing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? You know, there was a time when People thought the only way they could get people saved was to, you know, get them to heaven was to scare the hell out of them. And just, you know, have them, you know, in some messages, you, you feel like you're walking on the fire. You know, you're, you're right there about to slip into eternal hell. And that, that may be true at times. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. The goodness of God. Not as judgment. Now, judgment, is, it'll scare you. There are moments where it might be even be appropriate. But I would just encourage you to recognize the word of God says if people can even catch a glimpse of his goodness, they'll be led to repentance. If they can get a glimpse of his goodness toward you, Ephesians chapter 2 said, you are his billboard. You're his advertisement that through you, he displays the riches of the glory of his goodness and grace that he put you on display and showed people that, that, that how good he is to the people that love him. That doesn't mean you go through, don't go through a tough time. It doesn't mean you don't share your scars at times. But it does mean that some people are going to be drawn by just seeing how good God is to you if you'll simply testify. Remember, he... He's good, and he's kind, but he's also holy. He's holy and righteous. As we prepare our hearts for Resurrection Day, this Friday night we've got a worship night for Good Friday, 
and communion with that. We're going to celebrate his goodness together and prepare our hearts for what Easter really means. I'm going to preach a message I've never preached before, something fresh and new that impacted me a few weeks ago. And I think it's going to really be a blessing to not only you, but your family and your friends. Our takeaway for today is simply this, Psalm 71, verse 18, from the Passion Translation. It says this, God, now that I'm old and gray, or color my hair, don't walk away. Well, that was a joke. You missed it. Now that I'm old and gray, don't walk away. Give me grace to demonstrate to the next generation all your mighty miracles and your excitement to show them your magnificent power. Lord, help us to show your goodness to our children and our children's children. Help us to dwell on your goodness and feed on your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word today. Be elevated, Jesus. Be glorified. Come and show your glory to this congregation. Come and show your glory to this community, Father. We pray for our territory right now and we bind and break that spirit of violence, especially that violence against Christians, that violence against people of faith right now, that spirit of anger, we break its power and we pray healing over our community and over our nation, over our state, over our region. Lord, we pray for this region from Gainesville to the villages, from Crystal River to Daytona Beach, especially watch over Ocala, Bellevue and our surrounding areas. Father, we need you to be elevated in your glory, to, to show forth your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Remind us this week of your power, of your mightiness to bring a shift. And I pray for those that are hurting today, those that are going through something, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching from home or some hotel room, Wherever you are around the world, I want you to know that God's word has no limitation. This can be for one person and this can be for every person. God wants to do something great in your life this week. He wants to show forth how good he is in your life. Don't limit him by what happened last week, last month, last year, or last decade. Put your trust in a good God who's got your best interest at heart and he's not going to leave anything undone until it's good. If it's not good yet, he's not done yet. If it's not good yet, he's still working. Let him work. Watch him work. Testify of his goodness. Focus on that in the pain, in the challenge, in the circumstance, in the name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, that's the getting on place. That's the, that's the entry point today, that you would open your heart and say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me my sin, 
cleanse me. Show me your goodness. I want to know you for myself. If you'll do that, God will meet you at that point of faith and he'll never let you down. He's still working. He's still working, Anthony. Anthony's in chemo and radiation now for that new jaw that he got, cancer-free. He's still working, Kathy, recovering from cancer. He's still working. If it's not good, he's not done. If it's not great, he's not done. He's still working. This is for you. This is for somebody. That situation, he can, he can turn it in an instant or it may be a process, but he's good. Keep your eyes on him and trust him with all your heart. Feed on his goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for the goodness of God. Lord, we worship you and praise you. You're good. You're good. You're good. Praise God. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.